Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, as usual. I'm Liam at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. We're joining you after a very exciting weekend. Um, but first of all, Rich, how have you been, mate? How's your weekend been? Um, as I alluded to, it was the NFL draft last week. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's been good fun. It was um, yeah, pretty pretty crazy trying to keep up with everything. Um, I uh, I drove up to Norwich on uh, on Saturday, which was um, yeah, good fun trying to keep up with the draft whilst uh, whilst in a car and things like that. But uh, but yeah. It's, uh, it's it was it was one one hell of a first round and uh, yeah it kind of kept up as a Jets fan I think day three didn't really exist but um, but yeah it was it was quite nice because you know I always sit here and say day three wide receivers don't matter and for the Jets day three didn't matter really at all so uh, I could kind of switch off and and focus on getting stuff sorted. I suppose the Jets are taking in your philosophy of day three picks don't really matter at all. Exactly, exactly that. Exactly so, that. Mate. Um. Rich, as you said, it was a crazy first round. And today, as the viewers can probably have expected, we're going to do a recap of the draft. 
and then we're going to take a look at some players that we kind of missed out from our little recap. So just so listeners are aware, we'll be going through the first two rounds of the NFL draft because there were 18 players drafted that were somewhat fancy relevant in one way or another um, within the first two rounds. And yet only one of them was quarterback rich. I think that was one of the biggest headlines of the NFL draft, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, And then we'll go through some lower round guys from uh, round three and below at each position. Um, But it will be an absolute quick fire show, Rich, because we've got 26, I believe, players that we want to get through today, um, which doesn't give us much time to talk about them. So let's start straight away and get into the very first fancy relevant pick of the draft. And normally you expect it to be the 101, maybe the 102 at a push because you tend to see a quarterback go early. But we had to wait until the eighth overall pick by the Atlanta Falcons to get our first fancy relevant player. And that was your boy, Rich, Drake London. Um, I'm only saying that because you liked him more than me and you thought it was outrageous (laughs) that I had him so low in my pre-draft rankings. Um, But Rich, Drake London to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, that offense is looking considerably younger after this draft. Um, how do you how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, it that was, it was... landing on I suppose draft capital as well because we're both big draft capital guys, aren't we? Over uh, landing spot. Yeah, so I mean it's hard to get older. I think twelve months ago it was Matt Ryan, and Julio Jones, and uh, yeah, it was always going to get younger than that, wasn't it? Um, look, I, I'm I'm not sure if I can claim Drake London as my guy. I think if <laughs> if if we're going down to that level of counting those guys as my guys, um, we might be here all night and everyone's my guy. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'd say Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are probably my guys over Drake London. Um, look, I, I really like Drake London. I think when people are talking about potential upside um, and kind of ceilings of prospects. A lot of people will throw other names around, but to me, I think Drake London has absolutely got the highest ceiling of any receiver in this class. Um, I think that's only reinforced by the landing spot. I think, you know, a team like Atlanta that is in that rebuild, um, you know, that yes, they've got Kyle Pitts, but, but Drake London could easily be that number one true X receiver that's going to command, you know, potentially 150 targets in a season and and has got that, you know, potential to be top five top 10 dynasty wide receiver now yeah I've, I've, I've not got him there for me um he's he's my wide receiver too in terms of rookie rankings um but I think that for him you know he he settles in as a an easy kind of high-end wide receiver two from dynasty perspective for me I think he's my wide receiver 15 overall now yeah as you said he's got the upside um I personally have him as wide receiver four, and that's because of the... You don't like him. I mean, I do like him. Uh, I've grown on him <laughs> over this draft process, but I still struggle with his separation. And it, it could be nothing, especially if he's gone eighth overall. I expected him to go early anyway. Um, but yeah, I've got him as wide receiver four at the moment, and that was mostly down to pre-draft because I weight my pre-draft rankings Um much higher than my post-draft, um, basically the draft capital that goes into it afterwards. Um, but, Rich, let's move on to your New York Jets. Um, they took Garrett Wilson at the 10 spot. 
I think everyone penciled in a wide receiver here and most kind of expected it to be Drake London. But as Drake went first, he picked up Garrett Wilson. Um, he's my wide receiver one. I can only assume that he's still your wide receiver one um, post-draft. I think yeah. this is a great landing spot. I think um, I think Corey Davis is the biggest loser in this landing spot um, out of that entire wide receiver core, I think that people are probably knocking um, Elijah Moore a lot more than they should be. But for, for Garrett Wilson anyway, this is a, a perfect dream landing spot. Cause it, I suppose he doesn't really need to be that wide receiver one because you've already got those guys that could be and it might be a bit of more of an easing situation. I don't know how you feel as the Jets fan, but I think this is a a year where Zach Wilson has the tools and it could be a deciding year for him. Yeah, I think look, it's quite interesting because I've, I've got Garrett Wilson as my rookie wide receiver one and I got called a homer the other day um, for, uh, for having him as wide receiver one, which, is, which was interesting because no, normally with most Jets players, I'm I'm lower than consensus and uh, normally I'm, I don't want any part of them. So, uh, so yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I think that's the first time in the past like, five years I've been called a homer for one of my rankings. So I enjoyed that. Um, look, I think Garrett Wilson, he's, he steps in. He's, he's probably the second most pro-ready of the receivers. I think Chris Olave is probably a little bit more pro ready, but I think Garrett Wilson is, is a natural fit in that kind of Shanahan scheme that the Jets run. Um, you know, yes, if, if you listen to kind of jet circles, there was, there's talk of the Jets needed a true X outside receiver that, you know, can, can win one-on-one on the outside. But you know me, I'm, I'm not a big believer in size being the be all and end all when it comes to receivers. If, if you've got a receiver that can force his way and get his way open, then I'm all in and, and I think that's massive for me. So, yeah, I, I really like Garrett Wilson. I really like him on the Jets. I think that that whole offense takes a step forward. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people saying that this is a, a big hit for, um, for Elijah Moore. I'll be honest, it didn't move my Elijah Moore ranking at all. Yes, I've got Garrett Wilson ahead of him. But I've always had Garrett Wilson ahead of him because I think Garrett Wilson is a is a better prospect. You know, there's a reason why Elijah Moore was a, an early second round pick and why Garrett Wilson was a top ten pick, quite frankly. Um I wouldn't be shocked if Elijah Moore outproduced Garrett Wilson this year, but I think come twenty twenty three and beyond, I think Garrett Wilson will be the the target leader and and the number one option in this offense, certainly. I do think he'll walk into the role. Um, my comment earlier about him maybe not needing to was just because of the other options there, but I do think he'll walk into that role as the wide receiver one. Um, so this is where things started to get interested in the draft, as um, I think a lot of people kind of had here as either the Washington commanders who were originally at the 11 spot, um, taking a wide receiver and instead they traded back um, and let the New Orleans Saints trade up and I saw the I can't remember the exact tweet but I saw the um, eventual like addition of all the trade comp that they spent to get from last year's first to this year's first and then trade up as well and it ended up being a, a third a few fourths obviously next year's first as well and this year's first it was just crazy how much they spent to go up and get their guy and um, and that guy ended up being Chris Olave the the other most pro ready um as you said of this wide receiver core um in the draft and 
I wasn't expecting Olave to be the pick here when they did trade up. Um, I was half expecting a defensive pick because they do have holes on the defense. But Olave going uh, to the New Orleans Saints, and I think this is only going to see a rise in rankings across the board in Dynasty. I don't know how you feel about this uh, spot, Rich. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was all in on Alave before I think I was much higher than consensus. Um, he absolutely smashes in my model. I think the reason most people were down on him was the fact that he was a, you know, he, he was a late declare. He didn't come out in, after that junior season. Um, I'd also like to point out, you say that you saw somewhere about the total package of picks. It's nice that you, uh, you value my interactions with you so much because it was actually me that texted you to say what they, the saints had paid. So I've got it here. So the saints paid two twenty two third rounders a 22 fourth rounder a 23 first rounder and a 24 second rounder so it's one one a two two threes and a four to trade up to get chris Olave. rich i'll be honest the past few days have just been an absolute whirlwind of twitter notifications <laughs> notifications um i can't keep up with who i speak to i know i speak to a lot um <laughs> But I just don't have your name next to everything I, I have in my head. But yeah, they did trade a lot to get up to Olave. Um, I've got him as my wide receiver five, and I, I, I want to find a way to get him higher um, in my rankings. I just can't figure out a way to do so. It's, um, that's outrageous to me. Like, I, I just, apologies. I'm going to go on a little rant here. This is <laughs> this is outrageous that his his ADP is currently wide receiver five. I think you're right around consensus. And I just don't get it at all. Like this is a guy who has has a fantastic prospects model. You know, however you look at it from an analytical perspective, you know, he produced at an early age. He produced in a fantastic offense. He is an absolute touchdown machine. Um, and and there's nothing to, that you you don't like from an analytical perspective. You then turn on the tape, and he is a fantastic route runner. Really nuanced wins at all three levels of the field wins with you know setting up dbs wins with creating separation it's fantastic and yet we're, we're we're fading him because he didn't declare and he wanted to go back and try and win a national championship and i just yes i know the stats behind late declares don't produce fantasy points as as good as early declares and i completely get that but this is a unique situation the last two years haven't been normal this is a guy that's was quite frankly, you know, with everything that's going on in COVID, I almost give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt of saying, okay, you, you've you've gone back. It was an abnormal last two years. You've gone back to try and win national championship. You've got to remember, take yourself back a year. Last January, people didn't really know when they were declaring for the NFL what was really going to happen. So I don't blame him at all for going back for another year. So for me, I think the fact that he's going wide receiver five is absolutely criminal. Um, I think he's in an incredible landing spot. I think that, you know, we talk about target volumes and, and ability to command high target shares. He could easily be like a 100, 120 target guy as a rookie in that offense. Yes, Michael Thomas is there, but who the hell knows what's happening with Michael Thomas? Um and I think there's a reason why the Saints have gone up and got him. I think he slots in perfectly. I think he's going to be fantastic in the offense. Um, so, yeah, so for me, he's, he's an, an easy guy that I'm above consensus on. Um, he's my wide receiver three. He's my wide receiver 19 overall. Um, and it's a guy that I'm, I've already 
you know, I'm in a lot of drafts already. Um, I think I've already got four or five shares and, um, yeah, very, very happy to be stacking up, uh, high, high share totals when it comes to Chris Olave. I'll, I'll put, point this out, um, just so you know that I'm not low on him in my pre-draft film grade. I had him third in this class. Um, and looking at my post-draft grades, um, between Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, and Trey London, there is about a 0.2 difference, which in my grading sister is ridiculously thin. So it, it's not like I'm massively lower on him. There is just a tier of four there that I can't figure out how to maneuver to get Olave up. Um, they are just extremely close in, in the way that I've done my rankings this year. But we'll move on, Rich, before I set you off again. Um, so, yeah, again, another trade happened, and I don't think anyone expected this one, especially with the Detroit Lions um, trading with the Minnesota Vikings. It was at 12 to go and get Jamison Williams, and Rich, Jamison Williams did not look happy um, when he was selected by the Lions. But um, I actually really like this landing spot for him. I know a lot of people um, think he's going to be just a deep threat. And yes, he's got the speed to be a deep threat. But I think that that offence showed last year that they can use players in a different way. And it's not just going to be a standard vanilla offence. Um, with the way that they used Amon Ross and Brown, I think that that shows everything you need to know about wanting to get the ball in their playmakers' hands. And I think they're going to do that with uh, Jamison Williams. So at the moment... I have him as my wide receiver two in this class. Um, but as I said, the, the after Garrett Wilson at wide receiver one, I've just got a tier of four because I can't, it's split in hairs at that point. Um, and if I can get one of those four, then I'm ridiculously happy in my uh, in my rookie drafts. Rich Jamison Williams, how do you feel about that landing spot for him? Without, without wanting to basically repeat everything that we said in the, the pre-draft process, um, I'm not the biggest Jameson Williams guy. Um, I know that, you know, you listen to people like Sam Monson on the, the PFF, um, from PFF, he, he's he's a big believer that Jameson Williams can be more than just, a, you know, Henry Ruggs, the whole deep threat. I'm not convinced. I think he is, is not going to be a, a true, complete receiver. I think he's going to end up being a you know, a potentially kind of 1B receiver that is better from an NFL perspective than a fantasy perspective. Um, it, it feels like I'm I'm way below consensus. It feels like I'm not going to get any kind of shares. I've, I've seen him as high as wide receiver one in people's ranks. He's currently wide receiver four in ADP. Um, it, it's just a guy that, for me, I'd rather bet on someone that I think can command high high volumes in terms of target shares rather than fewer high value targets. And yes, I get that he's going to get plenty of deep shots. He's going to get, you know, those really high value targets in, in an offense where there's not a huge amount of competition. Um, but for me, I'd, I'd much rather take a punt on a, a Larvey or a Wilson um, or even a Drake London than, than someone like a Jameson Williams, who I worry could end up being, as I said, a very good NFL receiver, but one of those, you know, settling as a wide receiver 30 that will give you six fantastic weeks and, and 10 pretty poor weeks. 
right, let's not start calling him something like the Sammy Watkins replacement. I, let, let's not go there. I didn't, I didn't go there. That's all you. That's all on you. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to put words in your mouth. Um, so let's move on, Rich, because we seem to have, even though we're blitzing the, through these, we seem to be running out of time already. Um, the the 16th pick where the Washington Commanders traded back with the Saints, uh, they ended up taking a wide receiver, and it's not who we kind of thought would be next off the board. Um, looks like the NFL saw it, saw the uh, wide receiver class as you did, saying that there's a top six, not a top five, and they did take Jahan Dotson at the 16th spot. Um, I see a lot of people fading him because of the landing spot, and I know that both of us are going to be telling you not to fade because of landing spot and draft because of draft capital. Um, but Rich. I don't think this landing spot is as bad as people are thinking immediately. Um, but as, as I've already said, we both are very high on the la- on draft capital rather than landing spot. I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm so confused when people talk about landing spots from an NFL perspective, because I feel like they can just pick at whatever reason they think as to why it's a good landing spot or a bad landing spot. This is a guy that we, you know, we talked before the the draft that he was my wide receiver six and I was convinced that it was a a big six in terms of the the NFL wide receivers rather than a big five that people most people seem to think um so yes I appreciate I was already higher than consensus on Dotson but he goes to an offense that he's the clear number two target there isn't a huge amount of competition yes there's Terry McLaurin where okay, he's going to command a high target share, but there is a clear hole for him and there is a clear role for him where he will be, from my view, a fantastic compliment across the field from Terry McLaurin. And then you see people throwing out things like um, George Pickens to the Steelers is a great landing spot. And I'm sitting there scratching my head thinking, okay, so the Steelers have got an absolute target vacuum in Deontay Johnson. They've got uh, an elite up-and-coming tight end in Pat Frymuth. They've got a big-bodied, movable piece that we all seem to like in terms of Chase Claypool. And George Pickens going there is is an incredible landing spot because he'll be the fourth target. Oh, and that's not to mention that they've just spent a first-round pick on Najee Harris, who they're going to feed the ball to 200-plus times a, a, a year. I, I, I just don't get Let's it. Let's not forget Trubisky as the QB or Pickett that we have no idea on. Exactly. So, you know, yes, Carson Wentz is a bit of a joke, okay? He's he's been traded by his last two teams. People are very keen to get out of him. He seems like a real knob, for of a better phrase, in terms of within the locker room. But he is a competent NFL quarterback that, you know, produces decent stats. This is a guy that, don't forget, I want to say four years ago, was in the running for MVP before he got injured. Um, he's not a joke. And I think that if you can stick John Dotson in there and he's going to command, you know, 15 to 20% target share as a rookie, I think that, that calling him wide receiver nine is is criminal. Um, I feel like I'm going to end up with an awful lot of shares of John Dotson. Um, it's quite nice because I've been able to, you know, I'd feel comfortable taking him at the back end of a first round in a super flex draft. And it's quite nice where I've had some early second round picks combined with some late firsts. So I've been able to, 
leave him on the board and grab someone else, knowing that because I'm so much higher than consensus, everybody else is going to leave him from him there, and I'm getting him, you know, four, five, six picks later than I would personally be taking him, just because I know that everybody else seems to think that Washington is a terrible landing spot and John Dotson's going to be a nothing. So, yeah, give me all the John Dotson. I'm, I'm, I'm really a believer. I think a lot of I've seen this a lot of, in a lot of places where people are thinking that he's going to take on the Curtis Sam your role from when Ron Rivera was in Carolina. And I just don't see that happening. But um, Rich, we've got a question for you from Harry, just very quickly before we move on. Uh, was Rich lower on Waddle before his rookie year or Jameson Williams? So were you lower on Waddle that is in, a very coming into question. his rookie year? Do you want me to come you, back to that? Yeah, well, I, I can, I can pull it up get so in terms of... Does he mean in terms of draft uh, my model or in terms of my ranking? Because um, we'll go with ranking. So let me just have a look. So yeah, I've got the model in front of me, so I can tell you that. So in terms of a model, so Jameson Williams is a ninety-five point sixth percentile in my model, whereas Jalen Model was eighty-six point five. So I'm a lot higher on Jameson Williams than I was on Jalen Model from a uh, model perspective in terms of 2021 ranks. Um, I had, I've got to do some maths now. Hang on. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. So Jalen models was my wide receiver six in rookie ranks last year. And obviously, Javon, um, sorry, Jalen model was my wide receiver six and Jameson Williams is my wide receiver five. So I hope that helps. There you go, Harry. Um, so let's move on, Rich. So on at the 18th pick, the Tennessee tri- Titans decided to trade up as well. There was a bunch of trades at this point, and it was just wide receivers flying off the board every so often. Um, so they ended up taking Traylon Burks, who a lot of people had going to Tennessee anyway at 23 in their mock drafts. Um, but the key thing about this trade is they traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles for this pick to then go and get um, Traylon Burks. So they essentially traded A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks, which to me is quite funny, especially when the NFL comp during the NFL draft was age for, Terrell, um, for Traylon Burks was A.J. Brown. Um, so the, a lot of that would have come down to contract and money issues, but... Um, for this landing spot, I actually really like it. I think that he's going to step in. Um, I don't think he'll be as good as AJ Brown. I don't think that's <laughs> a very. I don't think that's much of a hot take, but I don't think he'll be as good as um, AJ Brown is or has been. Um, Rich, anything to add on that before we dive to the next one? So I think what, what I'd quickly say is I think from an NFL perspective, I think this is a fantastic move from Tennessee. I love getting out on a player. You've had the three years of the rookie contract. Um, you know, you've got the potentially cheapest in terms of plus EV years out of, of AJ Brown. You then trade him. I mean, you probably could have got more, let's be honest, than just the 18th pick. Um, but you then trade him and you, you, you go and buy a rookie that you've then got four more cost control years of. Um, I think it's a great move from that perspective. But what I don't get is that people are basically saying, right, Traylon Burks is AJ Brown. 
and they're 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 almost expecting you know Traylon Burks just to be AJ Brown, and I think that that's to me too harsh on on AJ Brown. Let's not forget that AJ Brown is a phenomenal athlete, and AJ Brown is a you know top ten NFL wide receiver. To just expect Traylon Burks to come in and say right, he's going to get all the same volume, he's going to get all the same usage, and and he's going to be the same guy. I, I can't see it personally. Um, that's not to say that I, you know, I, I think Traylon Burks is going to be a really good fantasy prospect. Um, but he's my wide receiver four, and there's absolutely no way I've seen some people taking him 101 in Superflex drafts. There's, there's no way I can get on board with that. I just think that, you know, he he's not the athlete that AJ Brown is. He's not got the kind of prospect profile. Um, so yeah, for, for me, wide receiver four, still like him, you know, still think he's 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 a great prospect. Um, and one that I'd, I'd love to have on my teams. Um, you know, in terms of startup cost, he's my wide receiver 25 overall, so I am really high, but I just can't get on board with him as a, a wide receiver one. Yeah, um, I think the other thing people are forgetting is Robert Woods is there, and I don't think AJ Brown ever had that um style of competition. Yes, you had Julio Jones for the five yeah, games played that he TV. played, yeah. um, so. Uh, I don't. I think they only played one or two games together. I don't think they actually played that many games together. So, um, I think a lot of people are missing out on or forgetting that Woods is there and that he probably win, Woods personally wins from that this year at least. Um, moving on to the twentieth overall pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers stayed put. Took who a lot of people expected to go to the Steelers, just not be the first QB off the board. Um, and that was Kenny Pickett. And uh, spoiler alert, he was the only quarterback taken in the first two rounds, which is crazy. Um, that shed, said everything you needed to know about this uh, NFL class um, of quarterbacks. So Kenny Pickett to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I know that they really liked him. He has bumped up in my rankings to QB1. Um, draft capital, when he's the only first round QB, will take basically any quarterback in my draft capital um in my rankings up because um rich if you want to take it away on first round qbs then feel free but um yeah i think it just shows you everything you needed to know about this uh nfl qb class yeah i think look he he's clearly the qb1 i think Anyone who's not got him as the QB1, I'd seriously question it. I think that, yes, you know, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, even Matt Corral have got the potential to start this next year. But they've not got that that first-round draft capital attached to them. You know, Atlanta can turn around and say, yeah, you know, we, we quite fancy Desmond Ritter as our, our QB of the future. But if he is not fantastic this year, they can turn around in what's a fantastic quarterback class next year and go and find another option because you've not spent that first round. It it doesn't mean everything. Whereas, you know, the Steelers have spent that first round pick on, on a quarterback. That that means that Kenny Pickett's getting at least two, if not three years as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And there's no other way you can look into it. So for me, he's my QB one. Um, he's my number four player overall in Superflex ranks. And a few people have said that I'm too high on him. And I think that for me, it's just positional value. You know, we're in a, a year where there's not three, four, five potential starting quarterbacks coming out of the draft. So 
that bumps up. Yeah, you know, we talked about in the pre-draft shows, I, I do not like Kenny Pickett as a prospect. I do not think he's going to be fantastic for fantasy perspective. But there's only 32 starting quarterbacks. And, you know, once bye weeks come around and things like that, quarterback gets dry pretty quick. So, you know, yes, I, th- I think he's he's probably going to beat out Mitch Trubisky in camp. I think worst case scenario, we're talking four or five games. I don't think it's going to be a, you know, Trey Lance situation where he's he's sitting on the bench all year. Um, I think that Kenny Pickett's going to be an okay dynasty QB too. Um, but for me, I think you've got to spend up to get him because, you know, in Superflex, quarterback is king. And um, yeah, I, I think if you're short on quarterback and you're going into your rookie draft, He's the only one you can go out and get. Um, I did have an interesting conversation with someone today and I was saying, actually, you know what? If I'm short on quarterback, I'd feel much happier taking the pick I'm going to spend on Kenny Pickett and going and buying, you know, AN other quarterback, whether it be a, a Derek Carr or yes, a, like a Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, someone like that, that you can probably spend, you know, 104, 105 on. And you've got that that little bit more security blanket yes you've probably not got the upside of it being a rookie who we don't really know what they could be but that would be the move i'd make because as i said i'm I'm not huge on kenny pickett but i think for him to be falling to you know seven eight nine in in super flex drafts is is absolutely mental yeah i like that move a lot um moving on so the green bay packers traded up both traded both of their second round picks which i wasn't happy about at the time um up to the 34 spot the second pick in the second round um to go and get their wide receiver of the future christian watson um there was a rumor and it ended up i think it was confirmed afterwards that they did try to trade up to the 32nd pick with the minnesota vikings um, to sneak into that back end of the first round to take Watson, but the Vikings would have budged there. Rich, Christian Watson, I think I think this is a great example of landing spot versus uh, draft capital because, for me, he has moved up in my rankings. Um, I believe he moved up a spot. Yeah, he did move up a spot um, because of the draft capital, but I see people bumping him up to above Jahan Dotson um, quite regularly. And I'm sure that there's another player that we can come to at the end of the second round that is in a similar situation. But people seem to forget that landing spot, especially at the wide receiver position, can be so volatile. Like Next year, we have no idea what's going to happen with the Packers um, wide receiver room. Uh, like <laughs> It's... It's crazy that people are bumping him up just because of this year, and yet we play this game called Dynasty, which isn't just about this year. I think, and this is this is why I can never get on board with landing spot being everything, because you know, I don't think this will happen. But what happens if Green Bay turn around and trade their next two ones to Seattle for DK Metcalf? Christian Watson's then a, you know, he's a second option, maybe even a third option who's just had his role taken away from him. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Christian Watson's going to be, you know, a solid option and and in a fantastic offense. And and I get the reasons we like him. But as you said, landing spot changes so quickly. And well, I don't not, understand what forget. makes it so fantastic. 
let's not forget that Landry, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham are still all on the market. It's not like all the veterans have been snapped up. I'm not saying that we're going to go out and get one of them right away, but come the start of the uh, season, I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up getting a, a Landry to go in the slot and have some help or or give um, Watson some help, or if Odell turns out to be healthy by the start of the season, picking him up to go on the outside opposite Watson. That That's the sort of thing that I've said to a bunch of people that have asked me about Watson's landing spot. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers pick up some sort of veteran presence. Um, because let's face it, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, if you really added him to the veterans list, and um, Alan Lazard aren't a scary wide receiver room. Um, but as soon as you add in that Landry, that Odell Beckham, then people start to have another glance at that wide receiver room and have a glance at uh, Watson's value there. Yeah, I, I think like, he's he combines a few of my biggest uh, frustrations in terms of... Uh people talking about fantasy and it's that landing spot is everything and that because he's a great athlete he's um he must be he must be fantastic so i'm 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 lower than consensus on christian watson i'm pretty happy that i'm probably going to end up with no shares um he's my wide receiver eight so it's not like i hate him but when you consider he's he's going as wide receiver six in terms of adp um i think as i said to me is there's a big six and and he's certainly not one of them yeah, I'm with you, but I've got him at the wide receiver seven, so just ahead of you. But yeah, he's outside of the top six for me. Um, now, coming back to your Jets, Rich, I know that you weren't happy as soon as I saw this pick um, because I stayed up for the drafts and I know that you weren't um, staying up. I knew that you weren't going to be happy. And then partway through the second round, you got up, messaged um, a group that we were in and um, said that you, you've seen the pick and you're going straight back to sleep. So that says a lot about what you thought the Jets should have done. But um, unfortunately, you're not the GM, so we've got to stick with this. And Brees Hall was drafted at the fourth pick in the second round, the 36th overall pick um, to your New York Jets. I'll let you take this one away because I know you like the prospect and I know that you, before the draft and during the draft, didn't want this to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe um, maybe it was my uh, sleep-deprived state waking up at three o'clock in the morning or whatever it was <laughs> that uh, I wasn't by, perhaps quite compass mentis. Um, no, look, I, I, the reason I was annoyed was that I, did, I A, didn't think the Jets needed to go out and draft the running back. And because I'm always never never spend anything at running back, I'd, I think, you know, you got Michael Carter in the fourth round last year. Why not go out and do the same thing again this year? Um, I also hate trading up um because i think it's a waste <laughs> draft capital now the next day when i'd actually had some sleep and was able to look at things properly we only gave up a fifth rounder to move up so i'm absolutely fine with the trade up in that situation um and i also think that look Brees hall is as i've said many a time he is an elite level running back prospect he is an absolute top tier player and i have got so much hope and expectation about him coming out now as a Jets fan I completely get it because I think you've now taken a good running back in Michael Carter and you've made him a great 1B option and I think Brees Hall has got the potential to be a superstar at the running back position and you've now turned 
what was only ever going to be a below average running back room if you were looking at Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, maybe even like Michael P. Ryan. And it's now got the potential to be a top three backfield in the NFL. And I think that from a Jets perspective, I completely get it. And I've sort of come round to the idea. From a fancy perspective, I think it is an incredible landing spot because I think that the Jets, you know, we've seen him spend over the last two years significant draft capital, significant money um, on the offensive line. We've seen that this scheme, you know, the Shanahan outside zone scheme just produces fantasy production. Um, and I think that Brees Hall is a natural fit for that offense, for the way it works. And I'm really excited about him as a prospect. I think that, you know, I'm sorry to say, un unless you have a 101, you're not getting a touch. Mm. Um, I was looking um, earlier, DLF have got a um, tool that they Train. use that basically pulls um, live drafts from my fantasy league. So they've got 49 drafts in there that have been completed. Um, Brees Hall's been drafted at number one in all 49 of those. Um, so I think, yeah, if, if you've got a 101, very happy. I think you've got an elite running back prospect. Um, but I also think that if the guy at 101 isn't fully convinced, it's definitely worthwhile going and have a conversation. Brees Hall's now my dynasty RB4. So the only guys wow. I've got ahead of him are Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, and Najee Harris. Um, I am very much all in on Brees Hall. And yeah. I'd, I'd like to say again, to echo what I said about Garrett Wilson, this is because I was all in before the Jets drafted him. Yeah. And uh, the fact that the Jets drafted him, if anything, has made me slightly lower on him than uh, than I was before. You're such a homer having these two as your <laughs> top of your positional rankings. Come on, Rich. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not going to say anything more on that. I just... The only thing I did want to say was I feel sorry for Michael Carter. He's gone from his college career with Javante Williams now to his NFL career with Brees Hall. So um, hopefully it makes him look a bit um, look more explosive being next to them. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next running back. Um, and it's kind of who we all expected maybe to a landing spot that we all expected to draft a running back um, and that's Seattle Seahawks took Kenneth Walker in the early second round so Rich I love this landing spot for Kenneth Walker um, I think people are maybe pushing Rashad Penny under the rug a bit too quickly um, I don't think he's going to give up that running back one job um quite so easily but i think at the worst that will be a 1a 1b um situation there you, i can't see anything less than that are you expecting for sure penny to stay healthy then because i think that could be uh a, a no, slightly that, slightly mistake with his track record that was my next point was if rashad penny is healthy i can see it as a 1a 1b role but if um, if Rashad Penny's not, then Kenneth, it's all Kenneth Walker's. Unless something major happens, it's all his role. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying that he's not the 102 in um, in so Superflex Leagues. I argue that he is. I don't know how you feel about this, Rich. I just think running back positional value, especially in a draft this year where running backs were basically forgotten about and um, I just can't see any any other pick at the 102. Yeah, I think he's he's my 102. I think he's a you know a fantastic prospect. I think it's an ideal landing spot. I think it's a 
you know, nothing but positive. I'd, I'd be honest, I don't get at all what what the Seahawks are doing from an NFL perspective um, in terms of you're a rebuilding team, go and buy a running back that's going to help you for two, three years. But, you know, whatever, from a fantasy perspective, I think it's fantastic. Um, just to highlight, I really do believe this is a two-back <laughs> draft class from a fantasy perspective. Um, so Brees Hall, in terms of my model, Brees Hall is a, 94, a 95th percentile prospect. Kenneth Walker is a 91st percentile prospect. Um, the next highest player in my in my uh, model is Rashad White, who is a 66th percentile prospect. So, you know, that's a that's huge drop. A fairly yeah. accurate model in terms of RSQ when looking at fantasy points from years one to three. Um, but basically, yeah, I, I think because of that, you know, it's like we talked about Kenny Pickett being pushed up because he's the only quarterback. I think it's literally a two-back class. I think there's a load of lottery tickets. To me, the difference between the third back off the board and the 15th back off the board isn't really much, to be honest. Um, but I think that Kenneth Walker has, has got to be the 102 unless you could be desperate and you're going Kenny Pickett because I think, you know, he could easily be a workhorse um, for for Seattle as soon as this year. Um, I did bump him up in my overall ranks. He's now my RB13, um, which is one spot ahead of Derek Henry. So uh, highlights just how high I am on Kenny Walker. Yeah, I, I like that. And I think personally I've got them in a tier of themselves not together but separately and i'm assuming you're in the same situation there rich yeah i've got kenny walker he's in he's in the same tier as um the top three wide receivers and kenny pickett so i've got Brees hall as a tier of his own and then yeah kenny walker garrett wilson kenny pickett drake london chris olave is um the next five off the board so Moving on, the New York Giants selected Wondell Robinson. I believe they also traded up for this pick. And this was the very first, I suppose, shocking pick because um, I wasn't expecting Wondell Robinson to go off the board in the second round. But um, the Giants drafted another wide receiver. Don't don't get it. Don't get it at all from a Giants score. perspective. Um, don't love it. Um, didn't love the prospect. I think he's all right. Um, I'm finding myself drafting quite a lot of him um, because he's my wide receiver 10 um, and it feels that a lot of people are letting him fall that I'm getting him quite a lot of the late second um, he's my 17th overall prospect and people are letting him fall to me in like you know the the 23rd 24th pick off the board uh, so yeah I, I don't love it I don't get what the Giants are doing um, in terms of why they're going and targeting him, per se, when I think there's much better fits and much better prospects still on the board. But, yeah, as, as that sort of end of the second round flyer, why not? He's not got huge amounts of competition. I'm not sure Kenny Golladay's going to be in there beyond this year. Kadarius Tony sounds like he could get traded. Um, and who knows who could be quarterback for the Giants next year. So it could end up being, whilst it doesn't look like it, it could end up being a really good landing spot for... A guy that's, you know, pretty electric and pretty good with the ball in his hands. Yeah, he was shifty and explosive. Um, but as you said, I wasn't excited about him coming out. Um, I've got him as my wide receiver 11. The uh, the draft capital did bump him up um, two spots. So 
Yeah, I think we're both on the same page with that one. Then the next wide receiver off the board was the Houston Texans taking one, which I didn't expect, um, with a 44th overall pick. And this is where we kind of see the the run of wide receivers from the start to about here end um, in the NFL draft. And they took John Mechie, a guy who I was um, high on coming out. I've got him as my wide receiver nine, both pre and post draft. Um, so this draft capital didn't move. I kind of expected him to go around the second, maybe the early third round. Um, but the Texans traded up for Mechie, um, which breaks my heart for Nico Collins, but also makes me happy for John Mechie. Um, I think this is a sneaky good landing spot. I don't think people really see it right now. But if they have a young quarterback next year, or if Davis Mel shows that enough for them to keep him around, uh, long term, then I can only see this as a good spot for Mechie, and I have a feeling I'm going to be drafting a lot of Mechie over the coming weeks. Well, it, it, it's not really changed my thoughts on him. Um, I don't particularly like him. I think he struggles to separate. Um, if if someone wants to to point out something, you know how he's going to operate at the next level. Yeah, if if he's going to get schemed up where he's running free and and you know being schemed open then then fine i can see he's, he, he could be all right but i just think he's not a good enough route runner to be consistent from a fancy perspective so this is the point you know we'll talk about it a lot this is the point at which i'm basically just not drafting wide receivers and i'm just gonna load up on a load of running backs because um yeah i i don't particularly like him more than uh, than any of the the flyers that, uh, that could be a running back in this sort of range well, you're not going to know, like the next few picks because this with uh, with Mechie going and the end of that wide receiver run, um, we also got a start of another one at the 18th overall pick. Um, um, the 18th pick in the second round, sorry, the 50th, 50th overall. And it was the New England Patriots trading up for Tyquan Thornton. And this was the shocking pick out of the top 64, um, in my opinion, Um I didn't think they would trade up for a wide receiver, let alone Tyquan Thornton, who um, he shot up my rankings because of this. Um, I expected him to go in the fourth round, and then he shot up four spots up to wide receiver 14 for me, but I have a feeling that I'm not going to be touching him at all. I'll be honest. I don't particularly love him as a prospect. Um, I'm higher on him than someone like a Christian Watson, if they went to the same landing spot for the same draft capital. Um, I don't love him, but I, I think the hate has probably gone a little bit too far. Um, I was talking with a couple of my Patreons today and and they were saying that he, he went undrafted in a, a four-round rookie draft today. Wait, what? Um, yeah. He's, he's, his ADP is, quite frankly, ridiculous. He's got an ADP of 34. Um so he's he's going as what's that a late third, early fourth round yeah, pick? Late third, draft. early fourth. This is a guy that okay, you know, isn't an incredible prospect, you know, certainly don't love him. But this is also a guy that an NFL team has traded up into the middle of the second round to go and get him. And I do wonder if perhaps we're we're overthinking it slightly. Look, do I think he's gonna be a fantasy stud? No. Am I, am I willing to, you know, stake my reputation on on him producing? No, definitely not. But 
for him to go undrafted in rookie drafts is is quite frankly ridiculous. This guy was a second round pick. Um in ADP think- he, he's going he's going behind Justin Ross, who was an undrafted free agent just because he went to the Chiefs. Like this is this is absolutely ridiculous. I don't get that. Um, you know, look, I I don't love Tyquan Thornton, but if if you're telling me that I can have him for free. Um, I feel like I'm probably going to end up with an awful lot of shares of, uh, of someone like Thornton. I did not think that he was going undrafted, but if he is, I might just trade some random piece for a uh, late fourth and then try and get him to stash on my taxi squad for a year and see what happens. Um, I mean, I didn't think that he would be going this high, but yeah, if you can tell me that I can get him over an undrafted free agent, that he's going ahead of him right now, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I'll do that every day of the week. Um, so the Pittsburgh Steelers added to their offense uh, just two picks later and took George Pickens. You hinted at it earlier. I say hinted, you outright said it earlier. Um, so what? how do you feel about this one, Rich? I think we covered your thoughts a bit earlier. Um, I think a lot of people are seeing what the... Um, Steelers do with their wide receivers that they take in the draft and they just turn out to be good. Um, I mean, you look at Chase Claypool, you look at Deontay Johnson, you, you look at AJ um, Antonio Brown, sorry. All these guys weren't first-round picks and they all turned out to be good. Um, I mean, James Washington to an extent at the NFL level, not for fantasy, but you, you see all these guys and... I think that's where a lot of people are seeing landing spot for this one um, and kind of letting their heart run a little bit too much for me. I love pickings coming into the draft, um, but I think people are getting a bit too hyped for this. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of pickings. I think I was lower than consensus beforehand. I think, you know, as we discussed, people are throwing around oh, what the Steelers do with wide receivers and, and expecting it to be you know, another stud. I mean, let's not forget, whilst yes, there have been some hits from the middle and later rounds, there's also been some misses. You know, James Washington was a, a second round pick. Um, you know, there's also oh, who was the um I want to say Sammy Coates was like a second or third round pick. Um Martavis Bryant was a third or fourth Bryant, yeah. round pick. I mean obviously he had off field concerns and couldn't stop smoking weed, but you've also got like Marcus Wheaton was a third round pick. Um, I think, I think this is just a perfect. Head, so. I think this is just a perfect people taking the good parts of this and get and getting outshined by absolutely. By and that I think over that, what actually happens, I suppose. Look, the Steelers have had some fantastic hits. You know, you talk of Juju. Okay, Claypool's not done much. He's had like two good games in his career, but Claypool. Deontay Johnson, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, you know, the list goes on. There have been some good hits. But the problem is, is that the Steelers take a wide receiver every year in that second to third round range. And it's like a 50-50 hit rate of whether they're good, which is the same as most NFL teams. It's just that most NFL teams don't take a wide receiver every year. Um, so it's just that you remember the Steelers guys because they do it every year and then they let them walk. You know, they let Emmanuel Sanders walk and he goes on produces with Denver. You know, they let Mike Wallace walk and he goes and gets the big contracts and they just do it every year. And I wouldn't be shocked if Deontay Johnson walks in a year's time. But 
I don't think that this boosts George Pickens for me. Um, you know, he, he's an early second round draft pick that I've got. I'd be happy spending that, you know, 201 on him is, is where I've got him in my ranks. Um, but I'm conscious that I'm not getting him in most places because I've got John Dotson, I've got Sky Moore, and I've got Christian Watson all ahead of him. Um, and, you know, I think most people don't. So that's where he's, he's getting boosted up beyond where I'm comfortable taking him. Yeah, you know, I've got him as wide receiver eight. He did drop because Christian Watson jumped him. Um, but, yeah, I can see him at the late end of the first, early second. Um, but moving on, Rich, Indianapolis Colts at the very next pick, the 53. Um, they took Alec Pierce, and there were some rumours about Alec Pierce going in the second round. Um, but the Colts traded up for him. It looks like they're trying to give some help to Pittman um, on the outside because Paris Campbell can't keep healthy. They haven't brought back um, T.Y. Hilton yet, and I don't think they will. I think this pick uh, signifies the end there. But I, I don't know how I feel about this one. I think this is... Alec Pierce is kind of at the level where I'm starting to transition to the running back only approach like you. Um, I'm probably doing it a few picks later than you are. Um, but yeah, Alec Pierce kind of signifies the end of the wide receivers that I'm happy taking. Yeah, I, I, I don't get the love. Um, I'll be honest, I, I don't get the love at all. Um, I think he's got a poor prospect profile. Um, I think he's an average route runner when you watch him on film. I think he wins with size, which isn't always something that I want to rely on at the next level. I think, you know, this is also a guy that's, um, you know, had a fantastic quarterback in college in terms of um, he had Desmond Ridder as his quarterback. And, and I think that that doesn't get looked at enough is that, you know, this is an NFL caliber quarterback that's helped him produce as he has and, and he's not produced fantastically. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm much lower than consensus. I think I'm not going to have any Alex Pierce shares, to be honest. I just don't see what there is to love, to be honest. Um, he's wide receiver 12 in ADP, so he's going as the 23rd player off the board. Um, he's my wide receiver 15. I've got him 24th off the board so I'm, I thought I was miles lower than consensus I'm not actually that much lower than consensus <laughs> but um, but yeah I'm, I, w- I won't be touching much Alex Pierce I don't think yeah Alex Pierce moved up to the 12th spot for me um, wide receiver 12 so um, he moved up three spots so this is the pick that I hinted at earlier where I was talking about landing spot to um, versus draft capital and that is Sky Moore going to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs traded back from the 50 spot with the uh, with the Patriots that ended up being Tyquan Thornton. So, Rich, the Kansas City Chiefs took Sky Moore. I was surprised about this one. I thought that they wouldn't have gone this direction because of having Juju, but it might signify Juju being on the outside a little bit more. Um, I... I I don't know about this pick. It doesn't make me as excited as I know a lot of people. And I have a feeling I'm not going to have any Sky Moore shares. I've got him as wide receiver 10. Um, I've not moved him at all because of the landing spot. Uh, Draft capital hasn't bumped him either. And I know a lot of people are taking him ahead of Jahan Dotson I've seen as well. So um, I just don't get it. 
I, I like him as a prospect, but I just don't want to draft him that highly. I'd much rather take the first round pick. I think I, first of all, touching on the the kind of where he's going to play point, I think that people are throwing him in the, the slot only bucket, whereas I think he's going to be, for me, he's this year's Elijah Moore in that I think he's got the potential to play outside. I think in that Chiefs offense where, you know, you've seen someone like Tyreek Hill, that was was smaller, had that incredible release, was was a movable piece in the offense. And I think that they're going to utilize Juju as that kind of power slot because I think of his blocking skills and I think that getting him close to the ball will help that offense as a whole. And I think that Sky Moore is going to be, you know, lined up outside and moved all over the place. So I'm I'm not concerned about that at all. Um I think I was probably the only person who was really disappointed and probably a bit annoyed <laughs> at the landing spot. Um, I was really high on Sky Moore. He was my wide receiver seven pre-draft. I, I really like him. I think he's got a really good prospect profile. I think he's a fantastic route runner. Um, I was really hoping that I'd be able to sneak him as a early second round pick in in a lot of um, kind of rookie drafts. But I think, as you said, the the Chiefs' landing spot has has kind of got people overhyped. Um, his ADP, so he's the wide receiver six with an ADP of nine overall. Um, he's, he's my wide receiver seven, tenth overall. So I'm not miles off, you know. It's but I think the thing for me is that I'm I'm basically always taking um, Jahan Dotson over Sky Moore, and I think that's where I'm probably not getting many Sky Moore shares moving forward. But I love the prospect, and I think that he could be an absolute stud. Um, and and yeah, I think I think it's a, a, a really good um, landing spot, but frustratingly, so does everyone else. And it means that he's, he's shot up in terms <laughs> of his value. So with the 55th overall pick, the very next pick, um, Arizona Cardinals took the only, um, only tight end in their top two rounds, and that ended up being Trey McBride. This did bump him up in my rankings to tight end one. Where he should have um, been all along. <laughs> here we go. Um, but, yeah, I like this one. Um, but they did just sign um, Zach Ertz to, I believe it was a three-year deal. I haven't looked at the um, specifics of each year and when they can get out of the deal. But um, they, the Cardinals decided to basically try and win Kyler back by rather than giving him a contract extension that he wanted, try and give him a bunch of offensive weapons that he can use because they sell the their 23 overall pick um, to the Ravens to go and get Marquise Hollywood-Brown. And they ended up trading or getting in the second round Trey McBride. So, Rich, I liked... Trey McBride, I wasn't as high on him as everyone else, as you very well pointed out. Um, but yeah, he did move at one spot for me um, to the tight end one spot um, and jumped over Jelani Woods there. Is there anything you want to talk about with McBride? Um, I think it might be a year before we actually see some decent production out of him, just because Sackerts is still there. Yeah, I think it's it's a very good landing spot. I think it's a very interesting spot where are we potentially going to see some two tight end sets with Zach Ertz and Trey McBride getting on the field? Um, I I like him. He's, he's my tight end thirteen in terms of overall, so he's almost that you know back end tight end one. Um, I think he he could be really good. Um, 
but as you said, I, I don't think he's going. We're going to see year one, maybe even year two production, um, like we've seen with the likes of Pat Fairmuth and obviously Coppets. Um, so, if you are drafting him, obviously it's almost draft a, a draft to beware because I think you you do need to be a little bit patient with uh, with him potentially producing. I don't. I, I'm personally not going to be having any. I've seen him at the uh, end of the second and. If I want to take a shot on a tight end in the rookie drafts, it's going to be mid to late third, if not fourth round. Um, yeah, I've got him, and I've got him twenty fifth prospect overall in the superflex draft. So, you know, as much as I'm saying I quite like third. him, that's that's where I am first pick. First pick of the third. So, yeah. So the very last pick we're going to be talking about, Rich, is James Cook, uh, the running back, went to Buffalo Bills. I know a lot of people have been talking about James Cook taking over that backfield and is now going to be the running back one there, even though he's just been drafted. Um, I've seen a story come out that uh, I can't remember whether it was the GM or the, I, I believe it was the GM, came out and said that we don't see him basically being the the day one starter um, and that there's still going to be a role for Singletary and Moss. So, I'm personally not as high on Cook's landing spot. Um, just looking at my rankings, he did jump up to running back three because of the draft capital. But um, I'm personally not as high on the landing spot as a lot of other people are. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I could never get my head around everybody saying that if Buffalo drafted Brees Hall, it would be the dream landing spot because... Buffalo, yes, they've got a new offensive coordinator, but they're one of the most pass-happy teams in the NFL, okay? You then combine that with one of the most active rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. You then combine that with the fact that Josh Allen is their number one running back when they get into that goal-to-go situation. I don't see it as an incredible landing spot because it's a low-volume role. You've got guys like Singletree and Moss who are going to eat into that passing share usage and you've got the quarterback that's that's taking the you know high end goal line touches so even if James Cook you told me he's the you know 65% opportunity share in this offense I still don't think I'd fall in love with him um he's my RB3 mainly because as I said earlier there's there's not many wide classes as top tier, even good prospects. Um, I think there's a load of lottery tickets. Um, he's my 14th prospect overall, so I'd be happy taking him at the beginning of the second round. I'll be honest, Liam, his value and where he's been going in drafts has absolutely blown my mind. I have seen him go, this is in actual drafts I'm in, I've seen him go 103 twice, I've seen him go 104, and I've seen him go 106. And I was gobsmacked each time. Um, so yeah, the, the the value on James Cook is absolutely mind blowing. I'm I'm happy to sit here and say that I'm not spending more than an early second on someone like James Cook. That's absolutely nuts. Um, I know the draft. The only draft where I've got that far um, is the one that we're both in, um, and he went the 109 there. Um, I feel that's a little bit too early. I'm probably a little bit higher than you. I've probably got around the 12th overall prospect um, or overall rookie. But even then, I, I could 
talk myself into taking one of the wide receivers above him. Um, but Rich, I know that you don't want to leave without talking about these QBs because we've only spoken about one of them and there were five that we were talking about pre-draft. Um, so which QB do you want to have a quick chat about? I just want to quickly mention Desmond Ridder. Um, I think that the hate's probably gone a little bit too far. And, you know, I, I was the one who was, you know, contributing to that earlier, talking about the draft capital and the fact he went in the third round means a lot. But let's not pretend that Marcus Mariota isn't the answer there. You know, they're paying him, I think it's four million this year, and they can basically get out of next year for, for two million. They're not paying him big money. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Desmond Ridder is the starter this year. Um, you know, probably not week one, but I wouldn't be shocked if he was the starter week four, week five, once, you know, once Atlanta realises that they're not playing for a Super Bowl this year and they're building for 2023, what have they got to lose by rolling out Desmond Ridder? I think he's the most pro-ready quarterback of this entire class. I think he offers some elite athleticism with, with a, a, you know, a decent arm. And I think that he could be an interesting prospect. And for me, I'm, I'm happy taking him. He's, he's my 12th overall player. I'm happy taking that risk on him at the 112, but I don't think I've got to spend that. I've had I've got him twice with the 201 already in, in drafts. Um, and that's, I think, for me, if I can spend an early second on a lottery ticket at quarterback, why not? Because I think if Desmond Ritter comes out and plays well, you know, we we could be looking at a, a potential steal because the return on investment when you draft any quarterback is massive. You know, if Desmond Ridder becomes a starting NFL quarterback, he's worth immediately a, a mid-first. And if if I can buy that lottery ticket at the back end of the first or, or the early second, um, I'm happy to do that. You know, his ADP at the moment sits at QB 15. So, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, not QB 15. 15th overall um I'm, I'm very happy to take that pick yeah i i like him at the start of the second i don't like him at the end of the first i think the play this year for me is if i've got any picks at the late first i'll probably trade back a little bit um and try and pick something up as a uh, pick a little something up i just yeah I, I can't get on board with a third round um nfl draft pick in the in the first round when it's a quarterback that is um so rich i wanted to touch on sam howell very very quickly just to say that i was wrong pre-draft apparently uh the nfl did not share my love for him um he's now my wide uh, my quarterback five just because the drunk capital dropped him right down he went with the first pick in the fifth round um to the commanders so they do have an out on Wentz's contract after this year. So if they don't like what they see from him, they can get out. And I believe it's also for zero dead cap, which is um, insane on an NFL quarterback's contract. Um, but equally, as we said earlier, or as you said earlier on, if they don't like Wentz, they could go and draft a quarterback in the first round next year rather than having to go with a fifth round guy. Um, but yeah, I, it's a shame. I I did like Sam Howell, but he has dropped all the way down to QB five, and I very much doubt I'll be getting any of him because the only draft where I've gotten so far as to see him picked 
Um, he went in the mid-second. So um, I don't know whether you can see ADP there, but I'm probably not touching him until the late third, early fourth round. Um, He's currently the 28th prospect off the board, so early third currently. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to wait a little bit more because of his draft capital, but I can see why. Um, but yeah. So, Rich, that is everything for today's show. It's been an absolute whirlwind because of how many picks we had to talk about. Um, next week, we will be back with the Five Yard Dynasty Writers um, rookie draft. We were going to do a mock draft, and then Paul uh, Paul Picken decided to start up a 10-man Dynasty League and suggested we could use the rookie draft from that um, draft as our show so that's what we're going to do thanks paul for suggesting that and setting it up um so next week rich live rookie draft make sure you tune in at eight o'clock on tuesdays are you excited i'm looking forward to it mainly because you're <laughs> gonna, you're going to be the one that's trying to host the show and organize people coming in to the live stream to make their picks so um yeah i'm just going to sit back and laugh at you because i think it's going to be absolute chaos um but it should be fantastic to uh hopefully listen to um and hopefully it's uh, it's all a bit of fun because uh, they're a bunch great bunch of guys um obviously we've got writing for us at the moment producing some absolutely fantastic content um so yeah it'll be good to get them all on the pod in one go and uh, and have some some fun whilst whilst trying to do a uh, a live draft. You you better help me, Rich, because <laughs> I've, I've got to organise ten people, including myself, and a draft. That's not going to end well. And of course, um, George from the Five Yard Devi um, side is also helping us out because we needed a tenth man there. So thanks to everyone that is involved in that. And Rich, until ne- next week, mate. I'll see you then. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.